0: Turn in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 17, the book of Acts chapter 17. And I want to make mention of something. I just thought about it because we have so many people this morning. Um, for quite some time, the Lord has uh, been reaffirming in my heart about creating a website separate from uh, uh, Facebook and our church page where I can have an unrestricted uh, Communication with like believers, and by God's grace, we finally got our page finished and secured uh, to where any interaction is protected and privacy is protected. And the name of the page is the theclarionsound.com. And what this page is is a a conglomerate of uh, end time events, prophecy, cult watch. Uh, Signs of Apostasy, Discipleship, uh, Inspiration, a personal blog. I just want this page to be able to come alongside of you and encourage you daily in your walk with the Lord. Uh, I just invite you to check that out, and I I trust that God will use that to allow this ministry to reach outside of these walls uh, to those uh, that need it most. So please... Go and check it out, Uh, and if you like it, let me know. If you don't, don't. Uh, (laughs) Stand with me. Turn to Acts chapter 17. Or I can get Andy. I haven't got Andy in a while. Send all complaints to uh, Andy at Christ Chapel, Warner Robins. (laughs) He'll hear this and get me later. Acts 17 verse 30. And the times of this ignorance God once winked. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men. And that he has raised him, Jesus Christ, from the dead. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. The resurrection was... A part, but it was a crowning gem of the redemptive plan of God. If you'll give me just a few moments to go through an introduction, I want to go uh, quickly through a couple of points and then direct something personal to you. When God created man, you have to understand that God has never reacted to anything that happened because he has perfect knowledge. God is active, he's not reactive, he's proactive. And in designing man, a free moral agent that would worship god by choice not a group of robots but by choice he knew that if he gave man choice that man would eventually choose his own knowledge of good and evil where he could decide what was good what he could decide what is evil and he would usurp god's plan and he would fall from that intimacy and communion with the lord and that's why he told adam in the day you eat thereof of the fruit of the knowledge of tree of good and evil you will die And Satan said, you shall not die. God knows that the day you eat, you will be as God's, which means you'll be your own personal God. You'll you'll come into your own and you won't need him. And so the day he ate, he did not die physically, he died spiritually. So we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. Our spirit is that which can feel, sense, recognize, and communicate with God. My soul can connect with you. Emotions, affections, uh, desires. My flesh connects with the world. That is hot, that is cold, that tastes bad, that tastes good. So, in the day Adam ate, he did not die physically, he died spiritually. But God had planned for this fall and immediately clothed them once they knew they were naked. He clothed them with skins, which was symbolic of a covering that would hide their nakedness. So, here's this lamb typifying the coming Christ. And the lamb was placed upon Adam and Eve, and so the underside, where the blood was, was against them. And there was a covering to hide their nakedness. And then he taught men about sacrifice, and he taught them about the spotless lamb to come, the spotless lamb, the spotless lamb, the spotless lamb. And then Christ came, born of a virgin, not of man, because those that were born of man, sin passed upon every man. so if Joseph had been his father, Jesus would have been born with sin inbred in him but since god uh supernaturally brought christ forth through a virgin there was no sin in him so he became sin for us and he died for our sins that's forgiveness but he was resurrected for our life it's one thing to be forgiven we could be forgiven and annihilated we could have been forgiven and kept at a distance But in the same way his death paid for our sins, the resurrection is that which promises us new life, new connectivity with God in this life, new relationship, new uh, familiar responsibilities and, and connectivity. Father, to know him as a father, to know that he longs to be with us and he's coming back for us, that there will constantly be life. That flows from it it's enough that he would die for our sins but to be raised for our life he shared our sins that we might share in his life Well, he took our sins and then gives us life freely if there was no cross there would be no forgiveness and if there was no resurrection there would be no life very quickly I want to talk to you about the prophesying of Christ's resurrection It was hinted at in the Old Testament, Psalm 16, where David was speaking of Jesus to come. He said, you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. Hinting towards the three days dead and brought back to life. In John 2, Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. This spake he of his body. Matthew 12, for as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days... So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In Matthew 16, from that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes. And he would be killed. And he would be raised again the third day. It is important. We're not going to dwell on it. but It's important that you understand that this is a fulfillment, not just of the plan of God, but the prophesied event. It's fulfillment of Scripture. The purpose of Christ's resurrection. Number two, to make himself known as the Son of God. And it says in Acts 13 that God hath fulfilled the same unto their children and that he raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalm, Thou art my Son, and this day have I begotten you. God did not create Jesus in that day. Jesus was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. But he begotten him again in the form that Jesus became the God-man, the mediator between God and man. And in that way, the eternal one became become the first fruits of all that would follow him later. He was resurrected to bring to naught Satan's power. In Hebrews 2, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus also himself took part of the same. That through death, listen... He might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil. The resurrection was the greatest single victory, the greatest scheduled event. The cross was one thing, but the resurrection was the death knell to Satan's power and control that was forfeited in the garden. The Bible says that Jesus made an open show of him. And he said, for this reason have I come to destroy the works of the devil, not just the cross, and I'm not undermining the cross, but the resurrection. It said it, having spoiled principalities and powers, making an open show of them. It means to utterly render powerless. Any of you guys ever went catfishing? Say, what's that got to do with resurrection? I'm going to tell you. And by the way, I've came into something that was really encouraging to me. Gained a lot of weight this last year. And I'm just, confession's good. Man, I'm laughing. <laughs> confession's good for the soul. You know, confess your faults that you may be healed. But I come to realize something. I'm not as big as you think I am because, okay. <laughs> Let's say you catch a 15-pound catfish. Well, you cut his head off. He didn't weigh but six pounds. That's my problem. I'm really 170 pounds. You got a fifty-pound head, you cut the head off. I'm really right right in the doctor target weight of what anyway, anyway. Gotta wait for that to die down. The reason I told you this is when it says having spoiled them, utterly ruined principalities. It means a complete stripping. It is very similar in the original language of how a man would take a catfish and nail his head to a tree and take the pliers and skin him. That Christ came into hell, took the keys out of his hands. Here's the, here's the Christ, before he was resurrected, the Lamb of God that was so meek and mild and coming in on the, uh, on the colt of a donkey. Not the Lion of Judah yet, but just the meek Christ looked powerless. He saved others, but he couldn't save himself. What would you say? He saved others. Stop right there. What? One more time. He saved others. No, he didn't save himself. He gave himself, and he saved others. And he comes into hell, and that lamb is now standing as the sun. He hadn't roared yet. Goes up to Satan himself, because he had the keys to death and hell and the grave. He said, keys. Uh, yes, sir yes yes sir and on the third day with all power somehow in the triunion communication between god the father and god the son being one as well with god the spirit god raised him from the dead and every believer looking forward to the coming christ that ever believed in that lamb that they 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 slayed in anticipation of the christ to come all of those believers that were in a holding place in upper shield they weren't in torments but they were held because see the blood of lambs could only postpone judgment it could not pay for judgment so every year the high priest would kill a lamb and god saying i won't judge you this year i won't judge you this year and on that third day when he come up out of the ground everybody that had ever died in the old testament believing he took them with him and the bible said that on the day when he was resurrected, that many people saw their dead relatives walking through town. I'd look. I, if there are any videos in heaven, I want to see that. You know, you're just walking with your friend. Uncle Earl. Uncle Earl. <laughs> there he goes, Just the power that was displayed. He brought to naught Satan's power. Well, Satan is very active and he's, he's unhindered right now. Except to those that believe. I understand that my elder brother Jesus whipped you 2,000 years ago, and that your mightiest of evil angels, when I say his name, their knees become liquid and they shake because of his power. They tremble. They're not looking at who said it, they're looking at what was said. Christ died and was raised to deliver us from the fear of death said in Hebrews 2, and delivered them through who fear of death were all their life subject to this bondage. All their life. They're believers. I know, I just, I see it. I know that. You know, none of us are wanting to die in the sense of leaving our wife or our husband or our babies uncared for. There's that family burden and tie. But if you're still fearful of death, you've not yet believed fully in the sense of understanding what Christ did and where you're going and what all that means. One of the benefits of the spirit-filled believer that believes the Word of God is that we're not afraid of death at all. I want to see my babies raised, but I want to go to heaven more. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking like, you know, waking up each day looking for a, a, a disease that will kill me. But there are people here, they they literally fear every day that something will happen to them. If I die on this platform before my feet get cold, I'm going to be with Christ. We know these things. Why? Because he rose from the dead. And I'll be with him. My spirit will be with him. My body will be here. He was raised to give us new life. 1 John 5. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that you would believe. And that doesn't mean a mental agreement. I believe, you know, you'll see some musician, and by the way, I don't watch any of it, but on their award shows, they'll show a clip of somebody, you know, that just radiates hell and demonic nature. I just want to thank God, you know. They look like death on a soda cracker, but I just want to thank the Lord for everything. They believe. No, no. That's mental assent. For a believer, those that believe in the Son of God means that I have a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the atoning work of Christ for my sins and the resurrection of Christ for my life. That's what a believer is. And the resurrection... Is what a, what makes the new birth possible? Recreated, reconfigured, transformed, in the same way out of the womb of our mother when that doctor slapped us on the rear end and we sucked in air and like welcome to the world. <laughs> yeah, that's a different sermon. Welcome to the world. But in the same way, we drew we drew breath outside of that womb. We. We're once dead in our trespasses and sins, and he quickened us, breathed into us the breath of life, and now we know he's real. We see he's real. We feel he's real. We see him in our life. We have a connection now that other people don't connect with. Do you all remember anybody else when you first got saved? I mean, I had nothing to do with church, God, nothing. And after I got saved, somebody could just send you a card in the mail. Just a cheesy card. Jesus loves you. And you just cry like a baby. Why? Because he loves me. Because he has given me life. That life is in his son. I am not, listen, be careful of a religion that teaches you how to change your life. I didn't change my life. I exchanged my life. My physical life for his spiritual life. I exchanged my sorrow for his joy. I exchanged my brokenness for his soundness. I exchanged my rejection for his acceptance. I exchanged my nakedness for his covering. I exchanged my self-righteousness for his righteousness. And my salvation did not come from the will of man. It is not that I willed it. He chose me. And he chose you. And he gave us life. If you were to dig up my earthly father today, he's been dead since 1974. I went out to the grave the other day to get the little flower holder for my mom to put flowers in. So 1974, all those years. And if you were to take whatever's left, whether it's just bone fragment or ashes, and I don't know how they do the testing, but they would draw blood from me and take something out of that marrow, and they would say, with a 99.997% accuracy, that is... John's daddy. Do you not know that when you were born again, God says of you through his word, You are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And if there was a way to do a spiritual DNA test, and all the world stands on and says, John ain't no Christian, John's not no Christian, they'd pull it up and say, Yeah, he is. The Father is his Father. It's his Father. We have this treasure, this evidence, this witness this earnest of the Spirit in us, in earthen vessels. And we have life, not because we decided to change, but because He saved us. He gave me life. And to reveal the mystery of our resurrection. He raised from the dead to then later reveal the mystery. Now, I did not just get up so that you could be recreated. I got up to tell you That everybody that's ever died before and everyone that will ever die after this, in me, I'm going to resurrect them from the dead. I'm bringing them back. Oh, the world don't believe. Church don't even believe that. Beloved, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trump. For the trump shall sound and we shall be raised incorruptible. This corruption must put on incorruption. And this mortality must put on immortality so that we can look at death in the face and say, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But I thank my God that Jesus Christ has delivered me from the the, the law of death through the spirit of life. Every time I go to my father's grave, I say the same thing out, 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 out loud. I said, it's all an illusion. Not that they're dead. That that's it. The Lord himself soon will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and everybody that's ever died in Jesus is going to get up out of the ground and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He got up not just to get up but to let you know that what Happen to me will happen to you some of us may be alive at the glorious appearing I'm not sure which one I want I'm serious I know y'all don't think about this so if you're dead and you get to see the body come back together the decomposed body and I'm not trying to be crass but just think about it that has grown decomposed it's horrible the bugs eat the body the bugs are formed in the decay the bugs excrete the body that they've eaten. And when the Trump goes off, back from the bug, out of the ground, all the pieces come back together and you are changed. That is power, that's power. And some of us will be at Kroger. <laughs> Kroger and Walmart, I think are owned by the same people. Walmart got 62 registers and one lady working. One. I said, y'all got another racer. The Erda Lady's sick. And if you get in it's just Kroger, can anybody help us? No. But some of us are gonna be in Kroger at home or whatever. Listen. And it's gonna happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And God wants us to encourage one another with these beliefs, with with these events. That's why it's called the blessed hope. I may be in a long line at Kroger. That might be a good place to go from. And the trump go off. Now listen to your pastor. I know I I cut up with you. But it's over then. You will never go out of the presence of the Lord ever again. You will never be without him ever again. And there comes a time after the judgment... See, we're not judged for our sins. We'll be judged for our works. And that's why the wiping of the tears comes after it. Because many Christians will have many regrets for a life not lived and a ministry not done. And Jesus is going to wipe away the tears from our eyes. Listen. This is one of my favorite verses. And the older I get, it means more to me. He said, and I will wipe away all the tears from your eyes. And neither that shall there ever be any more There shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away, and I decree as God, all things are new. And a pulse comes from him, and from that moment on, you will never have sorrow. So it's not just getting up out of the ground. It's not just living again. It's all the things that hurt and harm will be gone in the power of the resurrection. Someone give the Lord thanks. Someone bless him this morning. The proof of Christ's resurrection. The empty tomb. The lack of a body. Do you know there's no other religion on the face of the earth? They don't know where the founder is? Oh, well, that, that, that don't prove nothing. Well, then why does every other religion on the face of the earth, we know where their body is? King Tut, King But, King everybody, we know where everybody is. We know where everybody is. Tut's children, we know all the Egyptians, we know everybody. Joseph Smith, we know where he is. Reverend Moon, we know where he is, but not the Christ. Bring us the body. Show us the body. As a matter of fact, when they went in looking for Jesus, the Bible said they saw his clothes uh, lying there with the napkin folded. Now, if they stole the body, they would have stole the garments because, see, in that day, they wrapped the garments with this, like, goo, plaster, papier-mâché kind of thing. So it made a cocoon like that. That's how you would preserve them. That's how a mummy, you can find one a couple thousand years later, and there's still a person, you know, mummified. So they've wrapped Jesus, and they've put all the glue and wrapped him up, and they walked in, and there's that cocoon with the face cut out. (laughs) you know they didn't just go in there like a druid you know um, um, they're like you look in the hole i'm not looking in the hole you look you know they did you know they did so if you're going to steal the body you'd have to steal the grave clothes and there was the clothes there and the napkin that covered his face folded up in the corner thieves don't fold napkins prove there's a body They can't. There's no evidence to the contrary. There was the eyewitnesses, Acts 1 says. And he was seen of many people for many days. But you, this is what I want to drive home here. You are the greatest evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your temporal resurrection is the greatest evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the earth. And it's continued since that day. The Bible says that those of you that he brought out of trespasses and sins, out of your own death, he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It said that your unbelieving friends, they look on you and can't wonder why you don't live like you used to live and that you don't do the things you used to do. And when you sin, you're grieved now instead of rejoicing. And those of you that have tried to backslide, most miserable people that's ever lived in the face of the in the history of the world are people that try to backslide and you got too much of God to enjoy the world too much of the world to enjoy God so you're miserable I hit something in didn't I but we're the witnesses when I meet people even though you know I'm getting older man I'm I'm getting close to 60 55 years old I meet someone from college hey man how you doing what you doing these days I'm a preacher they shake your hand and go, what? Yeah, and you get to share your faith with them. And said, I had one guy wrote me not too long ago, and I'm not saying this to be funny. He was kind of taking shots at my faith. I saw him at some reunion thing, and he said, uh, uh, yeah. Well, he told me in person. I'm sorry. He goes, yeah, you ain't forgot, John, have you? You haven't forgot, have you? I said, what? He goes, you remember when you emceed that hot legs contest? Yeah, I do. And I looked at the square nine and I said, and that man's gone. That man's dead. That's what I told him. And just like, and he said, what? I said, man, I've been preaching 30 years. I hadn't had a drink in 30 years. When Christ brought me up out of the, and I, and you know, then you get on a roll. And instead of interest, they like, you know, I got, and I tell them about, I said, I'm not perfect, but I'm different. I'm not the same that I used to be. And then they'll write me. And then they'll say, it's like I recognize you, but I don't know you. You're the advertisement. I know he lives because he lives in me. I know he's alive because we're alive. We were dead. Dead. We'd come to church. I don't get it. I don't get it. I know. It's like putting a fly, a fly landing on a dead man in his physical body. He doesn't get it. But if he's awake, it's like living below the net line. It don't bother dead people. Y'all ever, y'all ever visit relatives? anybody ever live there? I remember going there to preach when I was on the evangelistic field, and you'd, you'd be in the church, you know, have little window units or something, and the gnats just all, oh, and you talk to people, and it's all on their lip, and you, you trying to help them, but they live and they're used to it. You know what I mean? You, don't leave a little food up in here on the face. You have just a conglomeration that looked like a mole and it would just be a bunch of gnats on there. I'm going somewhere. Wait a minute. But since I was alive, I'm trying to preach. I, I can feel that, you see? And now we who are alive in Christ, every song that's of him or from him, we feel it. Every sermon, oh, that's a good word. We shake someone's hand and go, brother, have you ever met a believer and it's like you've known him your whole life? You know, we are the evidence. That's the proof. It's not just that they can't find a physical body. They can't explain what happened to us. And finally, number four, there's a personal message in the resurrection. Matthew 28, let me just read it to you. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and another Mary went out to visit the tomb of Jesus. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. Ben, if you would come to the front, please. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him. And they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. to the woman, Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where he was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. The issue for us is not has Christ been risen? But have you been risen with him? Are you free? Are you free from bondages? Are you walking in peace and joy? For the unbeliever and the backslidden person. Here's how here's how we're saved. See if our spirit's dead, if our spirit's dead, The Spirit can't call out to God. So we know because of our life and we know because of our choices that God's assessment of us being dead in trespasses and sin is true. And so with our soul, we cry out to God on behalf of our Spirit to save us. And whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord It's not my dead spirit that calls. It's my soul that hears the gospel and believes that that's an accurate assessment. Ben, it's not coming through. It's not coming through. Very quickly, these things. There's several things in this story that I just want to bring out very quickly. God still moves with great force those things that hinder us from seeing Him. The angel came and pushed the stone out of the way. And there are people in this room that there's some loss. There's some rejection. That's what it was for me. When my dad died, I was done with God. And a stone came in front of me. A stone of disappointment. A stone of not understanding. A a stone of the loss of childhood. All those things. But God still moves stones out of the way for people to look in and see Him. Even if you can't, God can And even if you're not well, God is still faithful. And with great power, with an earthquake, the angel moved the stone away. It is not what happened to you, but it's what he is going to do through you that will define you for eternity. The angel said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to look into God. Yes, he's a judge. And yes, he will judge all men. But he's so filled with love and compassion for you that he died for your sins and was raised for your justification. I love that the angel said, I know you're looking for Jesus. Just that statement. Oh, I was looking for him and I didn't know I was looking for him. Couldn't find him in illicit sex, perversion. Couldn't find him in alcohol. Couldn't find him in drugs couldn't find him in success, couldn't find him in possessions. And the Lord wants you to know this morning that he knows you're looking for him, but you won't find him in dead places. You're just not going to find him in the tombs. You're not going to find him in the club. You're not going to find him uh, in the pursuit of money. You're not going to find him there. Dead places house dead people. But he's risen. He's seated in heavenly places. The story tells us that he got up just like he said I got time to just tell you the quick story I remember when this jumped out to me I was on an airplane going to preach forgot where I was reading my Bible Uh, if you ever want an empty seat beside you on the airplane if it's not full just open up a big date Bible in your lap you know something like I'm telling you just try Uh, I've got my Bible open and I was reading where the angel said Why do you seek for Jesus here? He got up just like he said. So now, angels don't operate by faith. They operate by what? Sights. I bet that angel was confused. I believe it was like, What are you doing here? He's sitting on the the rock. Legs crossed probably. What are y'all doing here? He got up just like he said he was. I've watched him for thousands upon ten thousands of years. And he never lies. So when he tells you, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that one's saved. When he tells you I'm greater than this, he is the devil says, God's gonna do it just like he said. So I'm on the airplane, and I all of a sudden out loud I said, just like he said, just like he said, and you know, I even got more space and people, you know, moving. God wants you to know that you're as guilty as he said you are, you're as hopeless as He said you are. But He can save fully just like He said He could. No one's too far gone. Why do you think He uses the, the image of resurrection? Even if your marital life, your physical life, your relational life, your intellectual life, your emotional life is decomposed and rotting, He can bring it back from the dead. He can bring it back from the dead and then it says the angel said now he's gone ahead of you in the Galilee but look how this is applicable today now he's gone ahead of you but you'll see him again soon that's what he told him you'll see him soon we who have been born again you do understand that God's not trying to figure out when he's coming it is scheduled it's on the calendar well, John, no man knoweth the day nor the hour. Well, when Jesus was a man and he unrobed himself of all of the, that part of deity, he might not have known. Don't tell me he went to heaven as a resurrected Christ and he don't know when he's coming back. At that time, no man, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit no, So it's scheduled. Do you remember when Christ was born? Almost finished. Bear with me. It said, and when the fullness of time has come, God had made his son made a, born of a woman under the law that he might redeem the children that are under the law. We would call sons of God. And when the fullness of time would come, Mary's contracting three, two, one, crown birth. And he's coming back for us in the same way. So Jesus has died. He's resurrected. He's seen of people hundreds, hundreds for many, for 40 days plus days, hundreds, hundreds, 500 at a time here, hundred, hundred, hundred and then he's standing on the mountain, he said now before I leave I want to tell you something I'm with you always so last words you know how powerful they are I'm with you always, even to the end of the age and he just ascended and as they watched him leave wow, that resurrection thing, This wait, this is more than I've imagined. And an angel said, in the same manner as you see him go up into heaven, he's coming back. You'll see him soon. The resurrection for us is the answer, and I close with this, to everything in your life. When our spouse dies, the resurrection is the answer. When our child dies, the resurrection is the answer. When our spouse of 15, 20, 30, 40 years leaves us, the resurrection is the answer. When physical infirmity and deformity and handicap is part of our life, the resurrection is the answer. All abuse, all misuse, all malignity, all misunderstanding, all false accusations all failures every evil and ailment in the world the resurrection is the answer for it and we who are in him share that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead it's in you now it's in you now no I'm not worried about you because the spirit that raised Jesus lives in you and quickens you would you stand with us this morning morning if you're away from God but you know him you know what to do you just go find a place away from your wife your kids your husband you humble yourself and you repent that means to confess with your mouth and turn and change directions and those of you that are in Christ don't be discouraged You've got through much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. And if for a season, if now you're in manifold heaviness, rejoice, inasmuch that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. And if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. The resurrection is going to fix all, heal all, restore all. It's just the answer. Now, if Christ did not raise from the dead, our religion is in vain. But he did. So it is as it should be. Father, we stand before you as your people, and we are humbled by the story the story of what you did, and why you did it, and who you did it for. We thank you, O Lord, that all power is given unto you in heaven and on earth, and we ascribe unto you, resurrected Christ, all the glory. We ascribe unto you all the honor and all the praise. Create in us, O Lord, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us that we might walk closely with you and that we might share that life and share that power. We know that in you, we are more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror. And let our lives, O Lord, at our jobs, around our family and friends, let let our lives be the advertisement of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In your son's name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless.